things like you. I think of every, the, the biggest blessings come wrapped in difficulty. Absolutely. And that's, that's where I've learned the most on this journey because getting a head job, getting fired, getting your second head job, getting fired. Mm-hmm. Your wife's pregnant, you gotta go into the kitchen and say, I, I don't think we're gonna have health insurance in time. What makes the journey worth it? The pain, the adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Hey, how you doing, guys? Welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. This is the first live episode with our guy, Georgia Tech strength coach Lou Corella. He's incredible. His wisdom, his passion, it's authentic. And I can't wait for you guys to hear his insight. How you doing, man? Doing great. I yeah. can't thank you enough. This is an absolute dream for me. So Absolutely. thank you. No, man, I, I have a lot of respect for you and how you do what you do, uh, how you carry yourself, and just understanding you know, what you're shaping and what you're molding every single day is something to be admired. And so the first question I have for you is, how did this manifest, this journey, this position that you found yourself in? You know, I, I grew up playing football my whole life, and I've always you know, loved making plays growing up, and I thought that was the end all. You know, I just love football. But as I got older, I... I really found the love for the work that goes into football and, and the year-round approach it takes to even get to kickoff. Like that's the that's the stuff that made me who I am, make makes people who they are in any sport. It's just that that day-to-day grind that no one watches and no one understands if they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can be a part of it for a profession and and help kids through that journey and motivate them along the way. And that that's when I knew it was that that was for me. Yeah, I saw I saw the clips, man, of you at running back. And you said, <laughs> hey, but you you was running it, right? But uh I saw you said Barry Sanders was your guy. Oh, you know, man. he inspired you. I don't know what I'll do if I have to meet him one day, because yeah. he won't understand how much I did worship him and still do. Mm-hmm. Like I moved my son home from the hospital when he was born, and the whole room was Barry Sanders. Like I, oh. I'm that big of a fan, but yeah, I wore number 20 as a quarterback in high school. You know, wow. I was running the option. And, you know, so, yeah. That's incredible, man. I um, like I love football for a number of different reasons, but more importantly, what you just said about what it could produce. And so I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he was talking to me about my approach with my son. And he was like, I know you guys work a lot, you know, and you want him to do this in sports. And I was like, actually, it's the opposite. I said, because my perspective about it is, I work, I gave everything I had to it from the time I was seven until 20, and then I lost it all in a moment. But the preparation and the process and the day-to-day is what helped me sustain. And so even with you working with athletes, like it's a speech that you gave to the guys, man, that it was so potent, it was so powerful. It's one of my favorite speeches when you were talking about winning, right? Could you elaborate a little bit about that and that speech and when you was talking to the guys? Yeah, so I mean, number one, I got to give 
complete credit to Tim Grover, who wrote the book Winning. Absolutely. And I mean, when I heard him on Ed Milet's podcast talking about it, that's kind of what fired me up to share with the team. Absolutely. But but it spoke to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it spoke to my journey. It spoke to what I went through to even be sitting here today. And if I didn't share that with the team, I'm doing them a disservice. So, you know, I did... In a way, I was like, ah, oh, man, I hope, you know, Tim Grover's okay with all this me sharing. It's not my idea, but but I am very passionate about what he said and, and how much that meant to me personally, because there is no guarantees. Even if you work hard, there's no guarantee it's going to work out. Absolutely. But I do believe hard work pays off, but no one tells you when. Mm. And that's the, that's the, the, the test. Mm. Can you maintain your patience? When you don't know when the end is coming, you don't know when it's going to pay off. You just believe in yourself, regardless of who who believes in you. Absolutely. Yeah. I wrote something down that you said. You said a champion sprints when they don't even know the distance, when it's unknown. Right. Like what sparked that thought? I just feel like, you know, there's so many times in life where we get so frustrated and we get so down and we get so lost. And there are times where I don't. When I got in this profession, I didn't even know how I would get to be a head guy. Sure, there's kind of a blueprint on what you should do, but I never knew how I could get to Georgia Tech one day to be the head strength coach. It just, it's the daily stuff that you don't know. Like sometimes the best relationships I have in this profession are the ones I work for for free. Wow. Like I moved across the country to just work for them for free and make a relationship so I can, you know, keep having an impact on them and they have an impact on me. But it's just is a champ. A champion is it's there. Are they willing to sprint when the distance is unknown? Mm. And that's that's a lot of fear. That's a lot of anxiety. But once that turns into confidence, absolutely, it's over. Absolutely, that's powerful. And I firmly believe that it's very true, right? Because like even when I speak to my injury a lot, and people hear me say, "I wouldn't change what happened to me," right? And they always think that it relates to the game of football. But what it relates to is, of course, you know, I had a brachial plexus avulsion. And when my injury happened, the beauty of it was nobody could give me answers. And I had to go through a process that was unknown for two years. I had to just go through it. And throughout going through that process for two years of the unknown, it shaped and it molded my mentality and it transformed me. Who I was as a person, my approach, it was incredible. But I had some great people around me. Right. Some people that impacted me, some people that poured into me and walked alongside me. And I hear you speak about something that's so powerful, man. You speak about the difference between a coach and a difference maker. Right. And I think it's so powerful. Could you elaborate on that a little bit about the coach and the difference maker? Yeah. I just want to add one more thing to your previous thing. Like, that's why you're an inspiration, though, Mm. because of what happened to you. That's why so many people are inspired by you every day because you didn't have to go that route. Mm. You got something happened to you. You didn't have to choose to go this way. A lot of people don't. And that's why everyone loves you. That's why you're the inspiration you are because you went the complete way of positivity and uh, any adversity that comes my way, I'm ready for it. Absolutely. So now you get to speak and live that truth. And that's why people love you. Thank you, man. But a coach and a difference maker, it's so personal to me because there's so many, there's so many people that, can give a kid something to do and knowing he could never do it himself hmm. and get mad at him for not being able to do it wow. and, and call him soft or whatever and degrade him in front of everyone and embarrass him. 
Like I've been around people like that in my playing career, in my coaching career. And I, I've always said to myself, I will never be that guy that doesn't do the player's workout before they do it. Wow. I've never not done their workout before they arrive. Wow. Because if I don't do that, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know if they're living their life the right way. I don't, they're struggling, but they shouldn't be. You know, I, I have so much things that I can go from on insight on how to coach these kids, get through the wall that they're about to hit. Cause I know it's coming, <laughs> you know, it's just the, the difference maker always ask himself, what gives me the right to coach kids? Wow. And if, and if you can't answer those questions, honestly, and hate the answer, you got to change. Yeah. And if you don't, why would you want your son or daughter to be coached by someone like you if you don't like those answers? Mm. That's and, and that's the truth. The difference makers ask those themselves those questions, and they if they hate the answer, they they make a difference. Wow. Yeah. You, you know, every player I've ever coached, I've interviewed before I've coached them. Mm. There's 25 questions I ask them about their life. I don't have to do that. Right. I, no one, no one did that for me. Mm. But. I'm going to talk like I'm going to make a difference in people's life. Well, I better be backing it up. Mm. So the first month on the job, no matter where I've been, it's been interviews all day, every day, because I'm the only new guy at times and I got to meet a hundred of them. Wow. So what the biggest obstacle they've overcome, the worst coach they've ever had and why the best coach they've ever had and why the most inspirational person in their life, the tattoos they have on their arm, tell stories. Wow. Like if I don't know this stuff, I'm not going anywhere with a difference. I can't mm. make a difference in their life. Okay. So that's strong. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, when I when I was coming here to speak to the team, one of the first things they said about you was, man, he's up most of the time doing the workout before the guys do it. <laughs> and so they were already speaking about it. And that's that's powerful. And that's incredible, because I think it gives you a different type of power when you speak to people, not that you're doing it for that. But I think it eliminates the excuse or the room to justify Right. If you've already done it, you've already been through what they've been through. Now, when you speak to them, they can't say, yeah, coach, but this, right. yeah, coach, but this, I already did it, already went through it for that reason. And so even with you and working with the guys and being a father, right, being a husband, how does that impact your relationship in terms of working with kids every single day, trying to shape and mold them and also working with your own children and trying to shape and mold them? So one of the biggest insecurities in my life has always been, will I be a better coach than I am a dad? Wow. Or will I be a better coach than I am a husband? And I think because it is a big insecurity of mine, I'll never let it happen because mm. I'm always aware of it. Yeah. And if I don't think about it, it might happen. Wow. And I think that when I had my son and of course my daughter's after, but that first child you have, something changes in your whole makeup, like your whole life changes. Absolutely. And when I saw him for the first time, I realized that I'm in charge of a hundred of those every day. And someone feels like I feel about him that exact way when they walk into the weight room. So if I don't take a full responsibility, number one, keeping them safe. Absolutely. Number two, uh, keeping them driven on what they want to do with their life. And number three, just being there for them. You know, so many kids just want to talk and they got to get stuff out because this window of life is stressful. Absolutely. If they don't have someone to fall back on that they don't have control in their playing time, well, there's no purpose in me. Hmm. Like I can, I can really go into these kids' hearts because I just intentionally want to. Absolutely. And if I don't know their heart, I can't inspire their heart. 
And, and that's, that's honestly the point of me, a janitor. I feel a janitor could come in, give them a strength card and those kids would get stronger if they just follow the progression. Mm. But I think a strength coach should be the guy that's there for them in their weakest moment. Absolutely. So, and I try to do that for my kids and I try to do that for my wife, sometimes better than other both ways, but you know, the balance part and the insecurity part are always up and I'm just trying to do the best in both. Absolutely. How do you go about um, making young people understand or be cognizant of what you're trying to produce in terms of, and what I mean by that is, I'll never forget, I was with a group of guys one day and somebody said to them, you got to work hard. You got to be dedicated and committed. And one of the guys said, well, what does that mean? Right. And why is it important? What is it going to produce? And it's like when I played with guys, I would tell them, man, if you come up short on the wind sprint, like if you stop in agility drills, like you stand no chance when life hits you with something that's realer than a wind sprint. That's a lot realer than this control setting that we're in right now. And so making guys understand, hey, man, right now the vehicle and the platform is football. But one day the vehicle and the platform, as it always is, is everyday life. And the approach is very important. And so making guys understand that, you know, how do you go about that, coach? You know, I've always said something like, you know, touch the line, mm. you know, and, and mm. I've, given, I've given talks on that before. But if you don't touch the line and you and you're if you run a sprint with your whole team and you're that one guy that doesn't touch the line mm. and you don't think for one second you're going to be that one guy that misses class, you're going to be that one guy mm. that doesn't do the play right when we need it executed. You're going to be that one guy that jumps off sides in the critical moment. You're going to be the one guy that bails on his family when life gets hard. Mm. You're going to be the one guy. It's like I could just keep going with how important that little thing is yeah. because nobody takes it as serious. Yeah. And they think all of a sudden you put your hands at a 10-degree angle and you keep ignoring it and mm. you keep ignoring it. And, and all of a sudden you got a big problem mm. and you don't know how you got there. Yeah. So like today I told the kids, like sometimes you're going to create your own storm and then get mad when it rains. Like you just you don't realize how big that is mm. and it's just touching the line yeah that's touching it. the line yeah that's that's beautiful i'm glad you said that about creating your own storm and don't get mad when it starts raining because that's powerful coach if you could think back to i'm sure you've had plenty but one of your most fulfilling moments that you've probably had just with an athlete you know that was going through some opposition some challenges struggling right that one day you saw it and they got it, right? Could you talk about that a little bit? I, I think the best stories in this game are the ones that don't get it at first. Mm. Like, and it's it's so easy to say, well, he's just not bought in. He don't like our culture. Like, he's got to go. Yeah, like that's easy. Absolutely. It's not in your job description as a coach or as a difference maker to give up on a kid, mm. no matter how how long. Uh, it takes no matter how many people got to come into his life to try to help him. It might not work with just you. You might need another coach from a different background to help him out. Mm. You might need an administrator. You might need someone else to try to dig a certain way on him. But the most fulfilling one for me is just, you know, there was a kid that was all bummed out one day during a team run. This is a while ago, but I noticed his body language. I know the kid, I, you know, feel pretty good about our relationship and kids are calling him out during the team run like man you're man yeah, what are you doing like absolutely. you got to pick your stuff up you got to go and um 
I knew something was up and I didn't know what was wrong, but I stayed after and talked to him about it. And he's like, man, coach, they didn't even have me on like the senior uh, prospect list for the NFL scouts to come by on, on our junior day. Hmm. So that whole mindset during that whole day was off because of one simple thing. So just talking to him for five minutes about perspective and saying, well, if you don't have a great senior year, you're never going to be on a list for wow. them to even evaluate. Yeah. Like, okay, they made a mistake probably. You can't control that. Mm. You can control everything else after this moment that you just showed everyone on your team. Mm. So what did he do the next day? He was there at like 4 a.m. for like a 5 5.30 run or something. He stayed the latest, and then he changed his whole demeanor. And he did get invited to a minicamp. Wow. You know, he never would have done that if his mindset stayed the same. Yeah. So that was that was memorable for me because it's just a mind shift. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful, man. I want to know something, right? Because whenever you see people that operate on such a level, right, that are driven, dedicated, committed, but also they have the discipline and the staying power, right? It's something in that fabric, right? It's something that drives them. Like what drives you to operate and go at the level that you go at every single day to bring it? What's that thing that ticks in you? I just, I, I know for a fact that if I want to start a fire in any other heart, I have to have it burning in my own. Mm. And if I don't look at that open field out there and see nothing but potential, I'm not going to make a difference in kids' lives. Like I, I go out there at four in the morning with the Atlanta skyline just staring back at me with my headphones and the pitch dark, and I just love working. Mm. I love working before the day starts. I love getting an edge on everyone else. I That's just who I am. Like the day after I got done playing football for the last time ever, that Sunday I was sprinting and running and I've never stopped. Wow. I've never stopped because I can't be a hypocrite when I talk to these kids. If I want to earn the right to coach these kids, I don't even feel like I have the right to speak to them mm. if I don't do what they're doing. Absolutely. Now, one day it's going to probably slow down because of age, but man, I, I just got too much fire in my heart to help them. Mm. And that's the way it looks to me. Yeah. Doing what they're doing, going through what they're going through. And sometimes I do double of what they're doing mm. just because if they want to complain, I got them, <laughs> you know, and I know, I, I understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. Coach, um, how have you grown or transformed from earlier in your career to the person that you are now? Right. Just looking back on it, whether it be approach, whether it be how you operated and how you did things, just that whole mindset shift that's happening, transpired to bring us to the point to where we see you and who you are now. So I took things a lot. Like when I got my first head job at North Texas, mm -hmm. like six years ago, mean green, mean green. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was, I was an assistant at Michigan for three years. Then I got a head job opportunity at North Texas. Well, I was the only new guy on staff. So I had a, a coaching staff that was there for four years. It was, if we weren't going to do well, it probably wasn't going to end well. So my first opportunity, I did everything I wanted. As a dreamer, as a visionary of how I would do it one day if I had a chance, I did it. And it was, it was thrilling. But I took a lot of things personal if they didn't go my way. I, I took a lot of, uh, I was really hard on myself if like a kid didn't like the program. Or if, or if he didn't respond a way that I thought he would have. 
I made mistakes. You know, I, I sometimes, you know, I laugh at the linemen. Sometimes I coached a while ago. They had to do the same runs as everyone else. Yeah. Now I've abbreviated that. <laughs> but uh, I think just knowing the only time you know you're, you're mature is or you're maturing is if you've been put in the same situation twice and then respond better. Absolutely. And I don't think I had that chance early on to know how I should be. So now I've, I've kind of learned a lot and changed my approach in a better way. Yeah, when you when you think back to 2018 at Buffalo and football school, you were the strength coach of the year, right? When you think back to that year, uh, what comes to mind, you know, when that happened and transpired? I think of things like you. I think of every, the, the biggest blessings come wrapped in difficulty. Absolutely. And that's, that's where... I've learned the most on this journey because getting a head job, getting fired, getting your second head job, getting fired, mm-hmm. your wife's pregnant. you got to go into the kitchen and say, I, I don't think we're going to have health insurance in time Wow. and or fired again. And you don't know if you'll ever be a head guy again. Wow. You just, you have no idea. And then you got to move and thank God Buffalo gave me an opportunity because I'm a two time fired head strength coach. Mm. And, knowing in my heart all that I tried to do in a positive way to help kids didn't work. Mm. And I could have gone two ways at that point. I could have said, no, I think I I might just want to be an assistant. Uh, I'm tired of getting fired. Maybe it's me. It's not working. Mm. But something in me just said, give it one more shot. And my wife really said, give it one more shot or this is it. This profession ain't going to work because we're, I'm done moving all these places for, for what? That's tough. That no one's yeah. loyal back to you. Yeah, that's tough. So then I met the team there, and it was just, it was just so, so fulfilling because they felt disrespected from the year before because they went six and six and didn't get picked for a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I felt disrespected very much getting fired two times and not even given a chance to stay. And when we met, it was just like, this is going to work. Yeah. And I don't, and then records came, and yeah, the awards came, and now I'm here with Inky Johnson. <laughs> nah, that's beautiful. But the biggest yeah. blessings come wrapped in difficulty. That's that's the lesson I learned. Absolutely. And then, you know, you found yourself with Coach Collins. I know you all met at Mississippi State, but I heard you say something about him or pertaining to him. You said, man, you have his support, right? He supports you. He trusts you. Right? How much does that mean to you, knowing that you got a guy that supports and trusts you? It's everything. Yeah. You can't. This job you have with 120 guys on your team, if the head coach wants to dictate everything you're doing, Absolutely. it's a nightmare. Yeah. And Coach Collins lets me be myself. He trusts me. He he let he uses me. Mm. Like he he lets me talk to the guys in a certain way. Even on Friday nights before the games, most critical moments of the year, he uses me. And I, I can't even thank him enough for not just that, but everything he's done for me and my family. And it's been it's been great. That's awesome. And so, man, as I as I get ready to wrap us up, Coach, what's the goal? What's the mission? Right? What's the battle cry coming up for this season? What you guys putting in work now? The goal is to win. Yeah. And and to win, you gotta do a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's always been the work here that's been we've hung our hat on. But I feel like I feel like this year the kids are getting more mature with the work and they know their time's coming and it's going to pay off. And as a coach, the ultimate goal, it's you're not going to be where you're at forever. 
Absolutely. But the goal is to be in their heart forever mm-hmm. when it's time to go. And that's, in my opinion, irreplaceable. Absolutely. So yeah. that's the goal for me. Yeah. I got you. And so, man, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you for your time, for your insight. I know this is going to go out and help a lot of people, man. So thank you so much. It means a lot to me. I, uh, I'm still going to wake up tomorrow and feel like this was all a dream. <laughs> nah, nah, Johnson nah, texted nah, me nah, to do his can't. first live podcast. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm serious. You are absolute inspiration. You are, you are an inspiration to me. I, I mean, anything you say, I'm gravitating towards. Thank you. Your heart is pure gold, man. You, you got a purpose that is so used right now. It's crazy. Thank so you, thank man. you so much. It's a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. My guy. Absolutely. Till we meet again. Thank you guys.